Football Americas on ESPN Plus is presented uninterrupted by Expedia. I love that. Why are you crying, Hokies? Do you want to try on your jersey? Yeah. Let's try it on, kiddo. Here on ESPN Plus, alongside Hercules Gomez, I'm Sebi Salazar. Episode 281 of this fine program. Herc, the emotion of Messi. Did it bring you to tears? You were there to see it live this weekend. I was there to see it live. I was just having a little discussion with uh, producer Beto. You ever met a hero that made you kind of feel this way? That, that made me well up? You know, I met Bruce Smith. I was a big Buffalo Bills fan as okay. a kid. I met Bruce Smith. In my early twenties, that, that was that was pretty meaningful. I got I got I got that one for sure. There you go. I don't think mm-hmm. I I don't think I was there. I mean, I remember having like heroes when I was younger, you know. But I don't think I ever got to meet one where where that had happened. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of jealous. Jorge Campos. When we met, you and I were together when I met Jorge Campos for the first time in uh, September of oh, 2018. Oh, you were so awkward to him. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Had to get my picture with uh, <laughs> with El Broly for sure. All right, uh, lots coming up in this very special edition of Football Americas because Herc, for the first time ever, we can say this is Football Americas presented by Expedia. And thanks to our good friends at Expedia, we got lots to talk about today. We're going to talk about a restless. Wayne Rooney in D.C. and some restless fans of Austin FC, okay, because uh, they may have their coach on the hot seat as well. We've got a dual national, Herc, I know this will interest you, who might, just might be getting away from U.S. soccer. And we've got some good news for El Tri fans for once. Uh, Cesar Montes staying in La Liga and Santiago Jimenez staying red hot. But let's start this show as has become the custom with Lionel Messi and his latest exploits in and around Major League Soccer. Headed to Hollywood, Los Angeles, to take on the defending champs, LAFC. The stars were out. Royalty out as well, uh, Prince Harry. And, of course, ownership in attendance, Will Ferrell as well. All to see that man, the Inter-Miami captain, Lionel Messi. Pick this one up nine minutes in. Denis Bawanga running the break for LAFC. He's got Carlos Vela wide, says, I'm going to do it myself. Carlos Vela not happy here, Herc. Oh, Denny Boanga does everything right. Pass it there! And then he decides to force the shot. Oh, look at Carlos. What? He, what excuse me? Say what? <laughs> what? LAFC pressuring early more. Giorgio Chiellini in behind for Boanga. His shot saved Drake Callender. Listen, massive save by Drake Callender. Ridiculous ball by Chiellini here. He puts it on his right. And then he kind of just hits it right at Drake Callender. LAFC with a couple chances early. Can't take advantage. Thomas Aviles ahead to Facundo Farias. Farias slides and scores. Inter-Miami lead. John McCarthy to blame here, Herc? Absolutely. Facundo Farias playing as a nine. One of two nines. Messi the other. Toto eh, Aviles right there with a good ball. But this is a sliding tackle. It's outside the 18 almost on the edge of the box. Can't go in. All right, you want some messy magic? We'll give it to you 38 minutes in. Give and go with Diego Gomez. Pass there and long. McCarthy redeems himself. All right, big save by uh, big John McCarthy. And Messi just... Spins everybody like a top. Should have done better there. Massive save. Go on, Selena. Yeah, she's excited. Look at Tyga. 
all the celebrities uh, hanging out there in the 32-52. Barcelona golden years taking over late. Busquets, Messi, Alba, we've seen this before. Yeah, I know people want to put this one on long right here, but where is the LAFC midfield? Nowhere to be seen all night and just mess. You give him time and space to operate, he's going to find his best friend. He's going to find Jordi Alba. Inter Miami lead 2 0. Who's that? Leonardo DiCaprio up there. LAFC trying to get back into it. Denny Boanga, the shot. Calendar, another stop. Yeah, another clean look from Denny Boanga. Calendar again. Very good. Inter Miami looking for a third. Aaron Long, oh no. Messi, one on one, doesn't have the speed. You know what? He's got the vision. Leonardo Campana, cool as you like, 3-0. This one is on Aaron Long. What are you doing, Aaron Long? Do not attack this with your chest. And then Messi may not have the wheels, but he's got the smarts, slows down the play, sees a better position teammate, and this is what Denny Boanga should have done. 3-0, inner Miami, LAFC getting one back late. Carlos Vela, the corner, Ryan Hollings had a pretty good header. Yeah, Ryan Hollings had a threat in the air, gets on this one. Uh, that'll be the... Goal of honor. Too little, too late for LAFC. Let's hear from Messi post game. La verdad que sí que lo habíamos dicho entre nosotros antes del partido que era una una linda prueba para nosotros para ver dónde estábamos parados y qué éramos capaces. Jugábamos en un campo muy difícil contra un rival muy bueno, el último campeón. Y bueno, la verdad que que nos llevamos un resultado muy muy importante para lo que se viene. La verdad que, que me encuentro bien físicamente. Eh, nada, gracias a Dios eh, puedo seguir eh, jugando, colaborando, intentando de, de ayudar a, al equipo en lo que pueda y, y bueno, ojalá sigamos en esta dinámica. Mira, y juegas de local en la ciudad donde vas. La verdad que sí, que, que impresionante la gente una vez más. Eh, muy agradecido por, por, por el cariño de siempre. Eh, no es la primera vez que me que me toca ir de visitante y, y vivirlo de esta manera, así que es muy, muy agradecido. Inter Miami, 14th out of 15 teams in Major League Soccer's Eastern Conference. Here are the important numbers, though. They are eight points from ninth place. Ninth place, DC United, the playoff line with nine games to go. Very important to note, Inter Miami have, in many cases, two, in some cases, as many as three games in hand on some of the teams that they are chasing. Much was made of Lionel Messi's trip to Hollywood, Herc. You were there to see it. What were your impressions of Messi against the defending champs? And just in general, just uh, listen, I know LA is an event town, but mm -hmm. man, this is the hottest ticket in LA all weekend. Beyonce was here, Taylor Swift was here the week before. Uh, the demand was not like it was for Messi and the bank at BMO Stadium. It was like unlike anything I've ever seen. The press box was as full as it can get. They were putting up uh, seats in different type of uh, places where different type of media can be in. I've never seen it that way. The stadium was just, it, it brought me back to the days of 2005 when Real Madrid came to see, or uh, came to play against the LA Galaxy and the iPhone wasn't around. It was more of the flash cameras. It was that type of an event. You can feel it in the air. And then, man, listen, I, I know L.A. does very well filling up their stadium. They, they filled it up, but there was a lot of pink, a lot of pink in that stadium, and there was a lot of Argentina number 10 jerseys floating around. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I think it's my favorite Messi performance 
so far, right? It's like picking between great pieces of art or picking between your favorite children. But I think one for who he did it against, right? LAFC, the defending champs, the team that even the odds makers right now would tell you are the favorites, at least out of the Western Conference, to make MLS Cup. Where he did it, BMO Stadium, that usually is a pretty intense atmosphere for the, for the opposition. It, it wasn't necessarily in this game. By the end of this game, he had the stadium chanting, Massey, Massey. It wasn't, wasn't quite Cincinnati. It wasn't quite Nashville. But her, for me, it was my favorite because of how he did it. It is one thing to see a player dominate, especially a, a lower level of competition like MLS, with his goals. But to see a player dominate a game with his passes is something else. And the passes on these two assists, the setup to Alba, the setup to Campana are just perfect. It's the definition of a guy making those around him better. And the numbers here are, are stark, right? 11 MLS games before he showed up, zero wins. 11 games since he showed up, zero losses. And this was a huge game hurt because coming, coming off after dropping those points against Nashville, I thought the playoffs was pretty much done. Now you get three points against LAFC in Los Angeles. I think the playoff hunt is right back on for Inter-Miami. Before I get to the playoff hunt, um, this wasn't Messi's sharpest game. He had a few good looks, very good looks. Uh, that he didn't he didn't make. John mm -hmm. McCarthy came up big. Uh, he missed just wide, whatever the case may be. But even when he's not at his best, he still levels above everybody else. And yes, the passing is impressive because he finds these lanes. He has vision unlike anybody in this league, unlike anybody in the world, honestly. And listen, Steve Toronto said it best. Like, what did you think Messi was going to do when he came to MLS? This is what... He was going to do, he was always going to do, so it's good to see it on display. People spent a lot of money to come see him put on a show. Mm -hmm. That he did. <clears throat> Playoffs. Inter-Miami, they're making the playoffs. I I've got no... There it is. I've got no issue saying it. Listen, they're two games back. Two games back. Look at this schedule right here. I'm hearing reports that he may not even play the Bolivia game. He may even mm. leave for that Bolivia game and head on back. So he's going to miss Sporting Kansas City, but that's a Western Conference foe. Why is that important? Because when you play against an Eastern Conference foe, they are six point swings. That means you're taking three points for your team and you're taking away three points for a playoff opponent in your conference. Guess what? Nine games left, eight for Inter Miami and Messi and friends are against Eastern Conference foes. They're making it to the playoffs. And I'm going to go as far as to say, not only will they make it to the playoffs, but it won't be in that wild card game. It's not even going to be the mm. eighth or ninth mm. place. I think they get directly in it as one of the top seven. And if they do, mm -hmm. round one is a series best of three. Who wants to play a best of three series against Messi and friends? This Messi and friends, they keep on getting better. I wouldn't. What I will say is, how many teams are going to let this team off the hook? How many teams are going to let Messi and friends Botch the first 30, 40 minutes, if you will, and leave them with a hope, a sliver, having the best player who's ever played the game, and he's going to carve you up when he needs to carve you up to send you home packing. How many teams are going to continue to do this? Because I counted by minute 26, four chances for Los Angeles. It could have been four to one, minute 26, LAFC, and they choked. They bottled it. And if you leave a player like Messi, if you leave a guy with weapons at his disposal now, with that type of arsenal, he's going to eat you up. He's going to feast. Look, uh, it's interesting you mentioned the, the international break because it isn't just messy, right? This Inter-Miami team has a ton of internationals 
all of a sudden. So they're going to lose a lot of those guys. Maybe Messi hustles back. Maybe he sits out that Bolivia game. But those other guys might miss games too, and that would be, that would be worrisome for me. Uh, let's continue down this road on LAFC. What was the bigger surprise for you from Sunday night? That Inter-Miami was able to win that game against the defending champs on the road, or that LAFC got hammered the way they did at home? LAFC getting hammered the way they did at home. Now, this is not going to be nice. There are going to be people here in Los Angeles who are going to take this the wrong way, but you've had two Banned big moments. from the stadium. You've had two big moments, okay? And I, MLS Cup was a spectacle. It was one of the best games that I've seen, best finals that I've seen in Major League Soccer for quite some time. You almost lost that. Now, the two biggest moments that you've had was Leon at home, and there was a lot of green there. And Inter-Miami at home, a lot of pink. And in both instances, when the moment was big, when the lights were bright, you became small. You choked under pressure. That should be worrisome for Cipro Rundel and LAFC. That really, really surprised me because before this game, I thought I could see this being a 4 Maybe 5-1 type of game for LAFC. And mm. I told somebody next to me, but it's a type of game because of the playing styles. Whoever scores first is going to be that winner. And it was Inter-Miami, and I didn't think it would be Inter-Miami. I thought it would be LAFC. But you leave a team like this hanging, they're going to make you pay. You could have put this away so early, and you didn't. I understand why you, why you thought LAFC won. They didn't have a game midweek, right? Inter-Miami had to play midweek. LAFC had a whole week to rest. On top of that, for Inter-Miami, it's their 11th game in 45 days, right? It's not just Lionel Messi's 11th game in 45 days. It's this team's 11th game in 45 days. So you thought that for sure that they would be dragging. If anyone, LAFC would surely be able to take advantage of that. Herc, what was very surprising to me at the end of this game most surprising than, than Inter-Miami winning, that's never a surprise anymore with Lionel Messi, or LAFC losing, because it is just one game in, in the MLS regular season, and I feel like if Bawanga has a half-decent finishing day, we're, we're telling a totally different story. What was surprising to me was Giorgio Chiellini, and I only bring this up because it's come up quite a bit with MLS players being fanboys. I thought if, if anybody wouldn't go down the Messi fanboy route, it would be a grizzled veteran like Giorgio Chiellini. Instead, before even the Inter-Miami players her, could get to Lionel Messi, Chiellini was not only out there, he was out there with, I don't know if his kids or somebody else's kids, getting a picture with Messi. Surely, Herc, with your ways of yelling at clouds like an old man out on your front porch, surely you have a problem with Chiellini, who didn't have a great game fanboying like that over Messi. I didn't see him fanboying. And by the way, when you called out the fan, or we called out the fanboys as a channel, mm -hmm. it was after being eliminated. Uh, in a tournament. It was after right. losing LAFC a final. got hammered at home. Chiellini got subbed off because they were so well, bad. If you'd defense. like to take a shot at Chiellini, go ahead. Uh, is that what you're going to do? Are you going to take a shot I, at Giorgio I Chiellini? I was surprised. Yes, I was surprised that for all that we have talked about on this show and other shows about the fanboying in MLS, that within minutes of, of a frankly humiliating loss at home, that Chiellini of all people was doing that. Well, listen, I didn't see Chiellini uh, fanboying. I saw the exchange of, of jerseys. I didn't see him break out a Sharpie or anything like that. Um, it wasn't a semifinal loss, and you're eliminated, and it wasn't mm -hmm. a final loss, uh, and you're posting proud pictures. Um, so, I don't know. Roll the tape if you want. But Okay. All right, so it's not Giorgio Chiellini, or maybe it is. Let's, play, let's uh, play some blame here for LAFC's defeat. Who do you think is most responsible for what went down Sunday night? Denny Bawanga, Carlos Vela, or Aaron Long? But not Giorgio Chiellini. Not Chiellini. He was great. He didn't do anything wrong. What? 
I actually thought Cleaney was decent. Yeah. Oh I, yeah, yeah. Why don't you roll the tape on that? Well, watch my man walking back as, as as Alba walks through on that goal. Why didn't they put Giorgio Chiellini in the drive put Aaron a truck Long? through those two center backs? Nightmare, nightmare. That. Listen, I saw a great through ball that Bowanga. <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, botched. okay, okay, great. One great through ball from your center back. That's why he's there. Okay, so who's the worst player on the field for you, Aaron Long or Giorgio Chiellini? Ah. They're, they're both right there. What? They're no, both no, right no, there. No, no, if Aaron no, Long no, had a no. three out of ten, Chiellini had a four out of ten. Uh, okay, you've got you've got three names you could put up here. Do you want to switch any of them for Giorgio Chiellini? That's all I'm going to ask you. Uh, no, I think we got the right three. Uh, okay, I think we got the right. Three. Okay, there we go. Uh, all right, they struggled absolutely, but that's nothing to do with why they lost this mm-hmm. game. Denny Boanga. Denny Boanga has 36 goal involvements in all competitions for LAFC. 36 goal involvements. That is insane. The man is it, ridiculous season. MVP pace. He's top three in the league for my money. He's been that good. But in the biggest of moments, post the biggest of L's. I mean, Denny Bowanga, I just said, they could have been 26 minute, four to one. Three of those chances were his. Three massive chances. If you go and check his numbers, big chances created, another three. I counted, in general, in the game, six chances. I'm all for players being selfish, nines being Mm -hmm. selfish Mm -hmm. when they need to be. You didn't need to be selfish. Give Carlos Vela the ball. That's all you needed to do. One of those goals in the first half puts this game away. Then Inter-Miami has to chase the game, and you are good. Your team is good at transitioning, and you can just pick them apart. He tried too much, did too little. How many countless clean looks did Denny Boanga have for us to say anybody else besides Denny Boanga? Let me ask you as a striker, was it watching it, did you get the sense that this was like a one-off thing for Boanga? And you've watched him a lot more than I have this season. Is it something that you think will be worrisome down the road? And then beyond that, obviously it's a moment of frustration with Vela. Is there a bigger problem there? Does that get worked out quickly between two attackers? You who've been there? Yeah, that's not going to get worked out that quickly. It's not like, hey, we forget about it. There's going to have to be something that happens for you to forget about it. You know, better better moments between you two on the field or a harsh discussion and then you get over it. But th- this is going to take a while because the world was watching. I think this was a big moment for Carlos Vela and he he felt like he wanted that moment. Now, Denny Bowanga mm-hmm. worries me is this may be a one-off this season, um, but we saw it against Leon. I mean, Denny Bowanga in that return leg, he had one early on and it didn't go his way. He's one of those players that you expect the DP players to come out under the lights. He's not come out. I mean, lots of goals, and he's one of the most exciting players in Major League Soccer, and he's a guy that I thought, honestly, would have stolen the headlines in this game. It didn't happen for him. I'll chalk this off as a one-off because he's been that good in all competitions. It'd be very unfair of me to say otherwise. But, man, when the world is watching, what what better platform would have he had? So, I mean, and that's why I'm picking Carlos Vela over Boanga, because I feel like Boanga's game, as impactful as it was, was a little bit unlucky. At least he was in the right places. At least he, he, he was there to miss the opportunities. Carlos Vela, for large stretches of this game, Herc, was a ghost. Was and he? I keep looking down at my phone. I keep looking down at my phone. I'm waiting for the phone call from Bob Bradley to call me up, to ring me up and say, you know what, Seb, you were right. You were right all those years ago when I got mad at you for asking a question after Carlos Vela actually had a good game in a big game about Carlos Vela's big game history. 
What? Did you say he, he does a ghost? not show up? Even his assist, Herc, is a garbage time assist. The bottom line is he's not the guy, even at MLS level, that he was a few years ago. And from an LAFC perspective, you're not bringing Gareth Bale off the bench anymore. You were just talking about MLS Cup last year to bail you out. I don't think, based on last night certainly, that Carlos Vela is enough to be the guy anymore for LAFC if they're going to be, as the oddsmakers still have them, one of the favorites to win MLS Cup. Not based on last night, Herc. Do you think, do you think that right now Carlos Vela is enough? Uh, enough to be a difference maker on this team? Enough to get LAFC to win MLS Cup again. To repeat. That's the only thing left in the season, right? Well, you're the defending yes. champions. That's the only you got to CCL final. You, could, you couldn't get over that hump. Here it is. MLS Cup. That's it, right? I, I don't even think it's on Denny Boanga. For MLS Cup, we're talking about... Okay. For MLS Cup, I don't think it's on Denny Boanga or Carlos Vela. I think it's on that midfield. I was told how great this midfield was. I once made a comment about how the Galaxy midfield was one of the best in Major League <laughs> Soccer. And the LAFC fans are, what about our midfield? What about our midfield? It's been non-existent as of late. And the mm -hmm. way they play when it's non-existent... Well, your team will be non-existent. You can't put those center backs. We mentioned the center backs. You can't put any center back in this league in a compromising position where they have to defend high and 1v1. It's not going to end well. Carlos Vela does have some big game um, in Major League Soccer moments where he's not at the best that we mm -hmm. would have liked. But I mean, it's interesting that you said he was a ghost. Uh, in the Slack channel, you asked that question. It was actually, well... He actually it was the seventh game that he's had the most touches in in, in Major League Soccer. Was oh, like, I'm sorry. We judge designated players off their touches. Why don't you tell me no, about his past a, completion percentage? Why don't you tell me about this incredibly technically gifted player, most talented player of his generation you that you love to talk about? Do you Why don't think... you tell me about his past completion percentage? How is his second worst this season? Why don't you you want to talk about stats? Go ahead, Eric. Okay. I'm not going to lean on the stats here, but they don't they don't tell some great story about Carlos Vela. A, a lot of touches with zero goals and a trash time assist doesn't really do. Any good. Let Not in the big games against the big teams. Let huh? me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Denny Boanga puts down what puts that one like Messi ah, did. Come if, 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 if it's in Bach, listen, come on. listen, I just want your opinion. I just I'm asking for your opinion here. Mm -hmm. You think he buries it? Not based on his big game Do record. Maybe that's what, that's what Boanga knew. Jeff, that's what Boanga knew. Boanga bet on himself. <laughs> He's been watching football on his big game record. Come on. Yep. Do you think he better? Denny Bawang is a big fan of the Mexican national team, okay? He's watched all of all of Hella's past. <laughs> Do you think he buries it? Probably. Probably. Okay. Yeah, okay. it was it was a good setup for him. If he puts it on his left foot like uh, Messi did for Campana, uh, yeah. certainly. Certainly. All right, so uh, Vela maybe okay. didn't do much during the game, but he did uh, make some headlines before the game, Herc, with some very interesting comments about our old friend, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, let's listen in. Zlatan... Sí, dominó, pero no ganó nada, ¿no? Creo que Messi menos tiempo ha ganado y no son cosas que se puedan comparar. Yo creo que son jugadores diferentes, han venido en situaciones diferentes y no sé qué quieres que te diga. All right, Zlatan Ibrahimovic out here catching strays and he's nowhere to even defend himself. Zlatan didn't win anything. Shots fired from Carlos Vela, Herc. Are they warranted? Shots fired, uh, not warranted. Now, listen, uh, I love it because it gives us something to talk about. Mm -hmm. Up our alley, up our lane, let's take it. Um, but, you know, as a player, as a footballer, you've got the manual, the handbook, the footballer's handbook. What did you ask? Oh, okay, he could have done it a different way, millions of different ways. He could have said, listen, man, um, they're both great players, so hard to compare, blah, blah, blah. Hey, you know what? 
it's so weird comparing to the best players that played in this league. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever the case may be. No! No! He went out of his way to remind us, to remind everybody that Slatan didn't win anything here. Slatan was my rival, and I won something here. It was me versus Slatan, and I was the draw. That's what he would like this to remind everybody. And listen, he may be right. Slatan dominated, but didn't win anything. But it was unnecessary. It was violence that he chose. He could have gone about it a different way. It was petty, if anything, right? It feels small. N not to kick Zlatan, who, you know, definitely has done his sh fair share of trash talking, but to kick somebody who's no longer around, can't defend themselves either with their actions or their words. What it made me think about Herc immediately, and I think what it made Rafa Luna, one of our uh, great members of the production team, think about, was your interview Roll the tape. with Zlatan Ibrahimovic when, when he started talking trash on Carlos Vela. I think Carlos Vela is still hurt by that interview. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And that's what I'm saying. He would like to remind everybody that during that moment, ah. it was Carlos Vela versus Slatan. Whatever the people may think about Slatan's career compared to Carlos Vela's career, Carlos Vela got the best of him in that moment. Carlos Vela is the one who scored 34 goals, 15 assists, an MVP, and a supporter shield. And ultimately, yes, he played longer Major League Soccer, but got what he was looking for. And yes, Slatan may have scored 52 goals in two seasons, which is an insane amount, but it weren't more goals than Carlos Vela scored with LAFC in the same time. And, and Carlos Vela had more in that time. Now, is he hurt from what Slatan said? Yes, absolutely. Does Slatan have, has Slatan had a more of a career than Carlos Vela? Yes, absolutely. But that wasn't the question, and the only one hurt from it, it ended up being Carlos Vela. All right, turns out it wasn't Rafa, it was Danny from our production team that uh, remembered your great interview with Slatan Ibrahimovic. Let's get it right. Let's get it right. We always want to maintain accuracy here. Danny's a on Galaxy fan. On so. ah, and that's why he remembers. Time for a quick edition of You Got CONCACAF, Herc, from the Inter Miami LAFC game. Lionel Messi's personal bodyguard called into action at BMO Stadium. Look at that closing speed, Herc. Yeah, I mean, he, a tad bit late. Listen, he wasn't the only one late to Messi all night. Uh, Yasin Chueco, his bodyguard, I've read all types of things about the guy, like ex-Marine, ex-military, tour in Iraq, tour in Afghanistan. Do not mess with Hey, what? Just yeah, reportedly uh, former U.S. Special Forces. So I know we like to have a laugh here on the show. Uh -huh, but don't do this. What are you don't doing? run on the field and definitely don't throw bottles. Not just at Lionel Messi, at any player. By the way, and I don't want to pick on LAFC fans, but I feel like I have seen a lot of bottle throwing at BMO Stadium, Herc. Is that, is that off? Am I no, off the mark no, there? No, beer, beer throw. I don't know if they're bottles, but they're definitely beers. I will say uh, the 3252 from the angle of that video should be able to identify whoever had done it. 99% uh, of my interactions with the crowd at LAFC Stadium <laughs> is awesome. The 1%, there's always just one idiot. Identify the idiot. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Let's get to the good, bad, and ugly from the rest of MLS. Less than 10 games to go in the season, so you know it's crunch time. The good, Alan Pulido, who scored a brace as Sporting Kansas City beat St. Louis 2-1. Pulido now has 12 goals on the season. Herc tied for fourth in Major League Soccer, and Sporting KC are just two points back of the playoff line. Yeah, he's only two behind league leader, Hani Mukhtar. And listen, they're a couple points away from ninth place. He'll be 33 this offseason and also a free agent. His most productive season in Major League Soccer to date. This one could have gotten ugly, by the way. Uh, Roman Berkey for St. Louis had some huge saves. St. Louis still first in the Western Conference. Alain Pulido, he'll be 35 for the next World Cup. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, you know, Mexico doesn't have a lot of goal scores. Maybe you need a guy. He was on the uh, 2014 World Cup team for Mexico. Yeah, maybe That's Chivas the, uh, is in the future. I see that more likely than him going okay. back to Mexico. All time. right, way to rain on his parade. Way to rain on his mm-hmm. parade. I'm just saying. Hold out hope, Alan. Great comeback story after the uh, bad injury. Speaking of bad, Austin FC. They got a last-minute goal from Alexander Ring to salvage a 2-2 tie against the New England Revolution on Saturday. Uh, but why they're the bad is much bigger than that. They've gone six games without a win. Their last victory, July 15th. It is now September They have fallen out of the Western Conference playoff spots. They're 10th right now, one point back of ninth place Dallas. The fans at Q2, they are not pleased. But at the end of the day, bro, we're not that good. We're kind of trash. And all I want to say is, wolf out. I used to be like, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. Nah, bro, wolf out. We need change, bro. This is not it. This year is about individuals, and we need to change it because there is a whole lot of individuals and no team. I think we're going to get a draw. We're going to find some way to mess it up like we always do. Um, but, I mean, I'm just at a loss for words for this season. I'm tired of this We're not going to make playoffs. This is done. If we make playoffs, I don't. Even, we're going to get knocked out the first round the way we're playing. Have passion. Have love for the game. Wolf out. Wolf out. Wolf. There you go. There you go. There you go. You guys see this? You see this? This is exactly, this is exactly what this is brewing, okay? Bravo. Bravo to our friends at uh, We Are Austin TV, always providing us great content here on Football Americas. All right, so it sounds like at least some Austin FC fans want Josh Wolf out. What do you think? Is Josh Wolf on the hot seat as we head down the home stretch? Well, if the fans want him out or not, I don't think their owner cares. Their owner doesn't care what the fans want, as you can tell from their time in Columbus when he was in Columbus and was willing to move that team. So that, that's out the window. Shout out to Hernan and the good people at uh, We Are Austin to do great work out there. Is Josh Wolf on the hot seat? Yes, he's on the hot seat for numerous reasons. Listen, this was a top four team last season. Mm-hmm. It was a top. They played the Western Conference Final last year to LAFC. They may have lost in... in I don't want to say humiliating fashion, but they, mm-hmm. they got a good beat down here in, in Los Angeles. But this was a team 
I was thriving. Second year team thriving, uh, a good brand. It was attractive, um, a lot of great players, and they're a shadow themselves. They're, they haven't won in six straight. Um, in those six straight, you've got embarrassing losses at home to Liga MX minnows like Juarez and Mazatlan. Um, even though in this game, 15 seconds left and you tie the game, so maybe a little reason to cheer, but it's accumulation of things. You look at the cup losses, embarrassing cup losses, whether it's the Open Cup uh, last year to San Antonio or this year, whether it's uh, the CONCACAF Champions League um, to the Haitian club Violette AC um, or MLS play. It's been embarrassing for them, and it's one after the other. And now they're getting rid of some of their better players. Diego Fagundes finds himself with the LA Galaxy. There's a certain disconnect from the fans and that organization, that team on the field, I should say, and Josh Wolf. And here's Josh Wolf's biggest problem. No Claudio Reyna, because now it's Rodolfo Borrell who's here. He's the ex-city assistant coach who's the new sporting director. And if you're a sporting director, a new sporting director, a new organization, you're going to want to make your mark. What does that mean? A new coach. So, yes, Josh Wolf is on the hot seat, and he should be very worried. Yeah. I agree that I think he will be on the hot seat, especially with Borrell coming in. I mean, he, he got hired in July, so he'll let the rest of this season go on. But if they end badly, he's going to at least start next season with a list of candidates. So I think it's more likely that if they miss the playoffs this year, which would mean that two out of three years you've missed the playoffs, even though you're an expansion team, that's not going to get it done in Major League Soccer. Not at a team and at a club that has obviously fans with ambitions, but I think ownership with ambitions as well based on what they've done there in Austin, not talking about the Columbus history. So I think Josh Wolf comes into next season on the hot seat if they don't make the playoffs. But Herc, they're one point back of ninth place right now. You know how tight the West is. Like, they could go on a run and finish, who knows, top five, top four. I mean, there's anything that could happen to this Austin FC team. I mean, there is, but... Watching him play, I don't think it'll happen. Juicy's playing as a nine. You know, they've had some because injury to fire, concerns. Because to fire Josh Wolf now, you would really have to breeze past what happened last year. Like, you mentioned what happened last year. That was a great season. In yeah. fact, I think coming into this season, I either had him for, and maybe it's my fault, I, I, I jinxed him, either for Supporter Shield or for MLS Cup finalists out of the Western Conference. Right? There were big expectations for this team. I, th you know, I, I think that there was, there was a lot to build on there. And that if you were to, at this point, pull the plug, that would be premature. You, you have to give a guy a year. You have to give him a bad year after a great year. You got to let him start the next season after that, don't you? Yeah, listen, and it's very easy and simplistic to say injuries have taken their toll on this team. But that's a reality. Mm -hmm. They have. And we've done past episodes where we go through the amount of injuries that this team has had. But it's... I mean, it's no different than every other MLS team come the dog days of Major League Soccer of summer and the injuries that all these other MLS teams have. So, you know, I, I think it's the expectations are different this year because of what they experienced last year. And fans, and I love it that they hold teams accountable. So things are bad in Austin. They may yet get ugly. They are already ugly, Herc, in my hometown of Washington, D.C. Uh -oh. Now, D.C. United beat Chicago 4-0 on Saturday. Shout out to Christian Benteke, who had a brace. 
It was DC's first league win since July 4th, and it got them above the playoff line. DC United right now ninth in the Eastern Conference, as we showed you earlier in the show. The result comes days after a Washington Post article where Wayne Rooney told reporter Steve Goff that he was, quote, frustrated and disappointed after not hearing back from DC United about a contract extension. His deal with the club is done at the end of the year. Herc, what do you think of DC United's handling of the Wayne Rooney situation? And overall, do you think they should renew him? What do I think of the handling of the situation, regardless mm -hmm. that they want to keep him or not? Talk to the man. Don't keep him in the dark for months. That's just Bush League. That, that just screams small club uh, mentality. It's like they, it's, it's like, I want him to break up with me, you know, type of deal. Like, <laughs> it, 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 just, just do it. Now, should they keep him? Well, you said it yourself. It seems unjust, unfair that you don't even give the guy a year to work with. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get rid of him. He's had a little over 40 games, and you're already talking about letting him go. He came in last summer, and he came into a club that was struggling. And, and you know how Major last League Soccer— Last year was a wash. I mean, last year was—you know, there was well, nothing for him to do last well, year, if you know, if you know Major League Soccer contracts, you just can't offload contracts. And what happens in the past affects your future. So, for example, he also expressed many times his displeasure with not being able to bring players in. He wanted to bring Jesse Lingard in. Jesse Lingard was on board. He couldn't because of salary cap restraints, because he couldn't bring him in this summer transfer window. So to, to go from all of a sudden a guy that's 37 years old, a young coach, who you said it yourself, comes in mid-year in the summer and wants to put his own imprint on this team and already just get him out? You're done? Yeah. When, when for the better part of a decade they held on to Ben Olsen and DC United was just mediocre? Now, that may not be on Ben Olsen. That may be on the organization not willing to spend. But now that you are going to spend, because you reminded me earlier, they're that yep. top five in spending in Major yep. League Soccer. That's you're the thing. Wayne Rooney can't club? cry poor here. Wayne Rooney can't do what Ben Olsen could legitimately do and never did, which was cry poor. I'm not getting the financial support. You can't use Wayne the Rooney money. Wayne is getting that. Seth, Wayne Rooney is at least getting money. that. A lot of that money is already there. So it's not smartly invested. It's not smartly mm -hmm. spent. So players that he wants to bring in, he can't bring in because of existing contracts and these mechanisms that prevent you from bringing in players like a Jesse Lingard. So, no, you shouldn't get rid of him right now. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if he had a year under his belt, two, two transfer windows, and you could say, you know what, somewhat this is your team, your players, then I'd say, mm -hmm. yeah, get rid of him. But right now, it seems <laughs> to me like they lack – DC United lack the courage. Courage is the great word. Thank you. Lack the courage to actually just go out and do something. Yeah. Make a decision. They want Wayne Rooney to break up with them before they break up with Rain, Wayne Rooney. Yeah, the treatment here of Wayne Rooney is, is poor, right? I, I, I think Bush League is a perfect way to put it. If, if somebody calls you and says, hey, am I going to work for you on a, on a personal human level, right? You owe them a callback to say, hey, we're going to move in a different direction or not. It's not surprising. It's not surprising that an ownership group led by Jason Levy and doesn't know how to treat people, even Wayne Rooney, who is, his, who is his sacred cow, even Wayne Rooney, that he doesn't know how to treat him. That's not a surprise. It is indicative, though, Herc. Because there's no way that DC United is not calling Wayne Rooney back for two months if they're planning to bring him back, right? That would be just incredibly unprofessional and a waste of time. I guess it wouldn't totally surprise me, but, but it would surprise me a little <laughs> bit. They, they want to move on from him. They, they want to break up from him. I don't think they should either. One, because they have given him basically full-on player control. They've given him the money to invest in this team. He has invested. He's built it as he's wanted. You're, you're basically 
all the way down this road with Wayne Rooney. If you pull out of this project right now, you're going to hand a, you want to talk about money from the past haunting a team, you're going to hand the next coach a roster that is full of guys that he may probably not want. I think you have to stick with Wayne Rooney if you're DC United. If I was advising Wayne Rooney, however, Herc, I would tell him to get out now. And, I, and I'll tell him this because I saw it with Ben Olsen. Jason Levy and the owner, one thing I'll never say about him is that he's stupid. He's smart. He's a smart guy, and he uses people as human shields. He did it with Ben Olsen for a decade. He let Ben take the bullets from the fans when he didn't spend. And Wayne Rooney is his next human shield. And Wayne Rooney is going to take the bullets for Jason Levian, and he doesn't have to do that. He can certainly get a better job, if not somewhere in MLS, somewhere in the championship, I would think. Well, what a way to treat your shield. <laughs> well, imagine. Imagine. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Let's continue discussing Major League Soccer. And we'll stay actually in the Eastern Conference of MLS. Not DC United, but the New England Revolution. And their 18-year-old midfielder, Noel Buck. He's eligible to play for the United States. Of course, he was raised here. Uh, but he's also eligible to play for England and Wales through his parents. He just accepted a call into England's under-19 camp. Now, he's been with the U.S. under-19s, but he was left off the U.S. under-20 World Cup roster. And after New England's game this weekend, Buck, let's just say he had some stuff to get off his chest. Well, my dad is uh, very happy. You know, obviously he's, my, uh, he's who I get my eligibility from. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward just to experiencing something new. You know, it'll be a... It'll be in a situation that I've never been in before. You know, obviously the soccer will, will find out a few things for that, but I think as a whole it'll just be a new experience and I guess part of growing up, you know, trying to experience all these new situations and whatnot. Uh, Greg Barhalter said that he's spoken to you in the past about representing the United States. What were those conversations like and have you committed to England or are you still open as far as your international future? 
Well, I'm not currently uh, cap tied, so I mean, still up in the air. Uh, yeah, I chatted with Greg a little bit, a little bit ago, and you know, it's just that uh, I'm in part of the project. You know, I can possibly play for the that team in the future, and that was basically the whole conversation. All right, Nobuck sounding off. Is it something, nothing, or everything? His comments about U.S. soccer not giving him the time of day. It's something. Now, what's something? It's something that you are developing players that are good enough to be in an English setup at any age group. That's a legitimate program. So that is something. You're doing some, something right. Um, it's also something because, and I saw a lot of this online, um, people are trying to make his statement, is he upset? Is this a knee-jerk reaction, et cetera, et cetera? He doesn't sound too upset to me. I think this is the way the kid just sounds. I think that's just his personality. I've seen a few clips from him in the past, and that's just his kind of personality. Now, I do think it's a knee-jerk reaction in him seeing other players of his category getting full national team call-ups. Mm -hmm. Now, I said this last week. You know, Benjamin Kramaski gets a call-up, and we could argue about why he's getting a call-up, if it's just or unjust, whatever the case may be. But the fact that he gets a call-up, there are now other players in that setup. And some of these other players also may have options. And I mentioned a few players. I mentioned four players. I mentioned Diego Luna, who was part of the setup, who also has Mexico. I mentioned Jack McGlynn, who's part of the setup, who also has Ireland. And I mentioned Brian Gutierrez, who's part of the setup and also has Mexico. And the last player was the first player that I mentioned in that uh, instance was... No buck. If I'm one of these players, what am I thinking? When you legitimately think you're ahead of somebody and all of a sudden out of nowhere, they cut in front of the line. Well, you can see a knee-jerk reaction, especially from a kid. He's still a teenager. He's an adolescent. You can't – I mean, listen, I'm not the same person that I was now. I'm not the same person now that I was when I was 18, 19 years old. I acted differently, and I had emotional swings because I was learning about the world, et cetera, et cetera. So this could be a knee-jerk reaction. So it's something, absolutely. Yeah. Knee-jerk, I feel like, is the wrong word because he, he uses the line, they haven't given me the time of day twice. And that makes me think that it's something that not just he's talked about and thought about, but that those in his inner circle have kind of talked about and thought about as well. What is clear, Herc, and I'm glad you brought up Kramaski, is that competition leads to call-ups. I think, you know, we can talk about the messy effect on Kramaski and on calendar, but the reality is you're bringing in Kramaski and some of these other dual nats, but Kramaski specifically, because you know there's going to be competition. Noah Buck is doing exactly what anybody in a recruiting war should do, which is let everybody know, hey, there's competition. And this isn't just any competition, right? This is England. So I think he's letting U.S. soccer know, not just with these words, with, you know, the decision to accept the call-up and wearing the jersey, hey, there's competition. And if you are going to, to use the fact that you think you might lose Kramaski to justify calling him in, then do the same thing with me. Because if, you, if you're worried about losing him to Argentina, you should be worried about me going to England as well. Can I just say something on that? And I've seen a lot of this online, that just not just right now, but in general. There's going to come a time where fans are just going to get over the fighting over dual mm -hmm. nets. They won't understand because they've never been in that position. Um, I understand that sentiment. But Noel Bucks has every right to use his options and his opportunities to his benefit, just like U.S. soccer has every right to go a different route. So, you know, I just want to put that in perspective because I think it gets lost. Yes. 
I, I know what you're getting at, right? Fans think that because players are being recruited, they're looking at multiple choices, that they're not loyal. Yes. And I think I think that's that's really misguided. You know, you have multiple opportunities to represent multiple countries, um, and, and you have to ask the individual kind of how they personally feel about that. Herc, let's run it back because we have a lot of Americans doing some very big things in Europe. Let's start with Tanner Tesman, who actually got called into the senior national team. A late add-on to Greg Berhalter's roster, and that was after a game-winning free kick last midweek. I think it was Wednesday against Sampdoria for Venezia and Serie B. Yeah, keeper ate it. That's not the story for me here. Uh, Tanner Tessman comes out in stoppage time, subbed out last game, so hopefully he's okay and can still make the U.S. Men's National Team roster. He's had a great season. Tanner Tessman getting it done in the Italian second flight. Malik Tillman. 86th minute for PSV. He gets the fourth in a 4-0 win over Valvik. Great strength, great poise to finish this one off. Uh, it's first for PSV. Listen, he had 10 goals, 4 assists last season for Rangers in the Scottish Premier League. First one off the charts. Hoping it's a good season for him. Tillman and Pepe off the bench for PSV in this one. Serginho Dest started in the 4-0 victory. To the Premier League. Not a lot of highlights for Fulham in their 5-1 loss against Manchester City, but Tim Ream did get a goal. Yep, yeah, it's Raul Jimenez with the initial strike right here, and then it's Bobby Reed of Jamaica with the flick, and then it ends up to U.S. international Tim Ream, CONCACAF coming through against City, but, uh, well, it got ugly after that. Yes, lots of CONCACAF in that game for Fulham. Shout out to uh, Anthony Robinson as well, who got the start as Fulham fell 5-1 against City. Matt Turner, how about a clean sheet against Chelsea? you would love to see that. Oh my goodness. I, I believe the clean sheet for Matt Turner in this game was at plus 750. God, I'm bummed I didn't take that one. <laughs> look at that. I mean, you it's have Chelsea. the gall to call me a degenerate. It, it's well, look, it's Chelsea though. Like you tell me you couldn't I see mean, this Who's going to score for Chelsea? Exactly. That's what I'm I would have been all over that if I'd have found it. Big uh, win there for Nottingham Forest as they uh, take it one nothing over Chelsea. Sam Bynes with a goal for Royal Antwerp, his first of the season. This is a golazo. This is a ridiculous look. Look how he slow. You're gonna see another angle. He slows down, picks his corner. Look, slows down, pick the corner. Look where he puts this. This is ridiculous. All right, Sammy V. All right, Sammy V. Sam Vines with the goal for Royal Antwerp in a 2-2 draw in the Belgium top polite. All right, let's go to Germany. John Brooks, remember him? Yes, a goal for Hoffenheim in their 3-1 victory over Wolfsburg. John Anthony Brooks. You know, Hoffenheim's in sixth place right now. John Brooks is healthy since he came to the team and he was given the opportunity. He has not let it go. He's only 30 years old. Still surprises me how young he is. Shout out Pellegrino Matarazzo. That's right. His crew getting it done there with a big victory and three points against Wolfsburg. Elsewhere in the Bundesliga, Paxton Aronson. His first of the assist of the season for Eintracht Frankfurt in a 1-1 draw against Cologne. Yeah, third game of the season. Didn't play the first one because he was injured. The last two cameos, seven minutes and ten minutes, but making the most of the opportunity. Paxton Aronson. Great start to the season. Hearing some very, very good things from our friends on the Bundesliga coverage team about Paxton Aronson. Speaking of bangers, Julian Green for Greuther Firth. Have some. 
right, speaking about younger than I thought, 28-year-old Julian Green is played five games this season. That's one goal, two assists, 90 minutes every game. He's finding his form. Down in the Bundesliga 2, unfortunately for Firth, they lost 3-1 to Hanover. And a reminder for plenty more on the Bundesliga. And everything else in European football, check out ESPN FC, available for you daily right here on ESPN+. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And of course, Football Americas is brought to you by Expedia. Julian Quinones has been called into the Mexican national team, Herc, not to play, but to train ahead of their upcoming friendlies against Australia and Uzbekistan. The Club América forward scored this weekend in a 3-2 win over Cruz Azul. Thought I would drop that in there. Still waiting on his final paperwork to officially join the Mexican national team and be able to play. Herc, there is, as always, some controversy down in Mexico about some naturalizados. Are you cool with Quinones being called into train? Yes, I'm cool with it. It's the, he's going to go train at the CAR, excuse me, Centro de Alto Rendimiento. It's like pretty much their facilities for the Mexican National Team. Center of High City. Performance. There you go. There you go. And I'm absolutely cool with it. Uh, why am I cool with it? Because for once they're doing their due diligence. Do you remember the Alejandro Sendejas situation um, where they didn't treat this dual national the right way and pretty much forced them to only yeah. choose the U.S. men's national Beyond team. Beyond treating him the right way, they just botched the paperwork, they right? They botched everything. everything now, yeah. now, that is one. You want to go about things the right way, so he chooses, he stays, and he's happy with Mexico. And number two is, at some point, if you're Jimmy Lozano, okay, you're going to want to use this player. At some point, his papers are going to be ready, so you want to hit the ground running. And here's the most important thing. When he hits the ground running and he's ready, where will you play him at? Because that is the biggest question I have with Julian Quinones. Julian Quinones in his best version is not a nine that he's playing with right now in Club America. And he's not an outside winger. He's not a winger like we have heard that he may play on the Mexican national team or at Club America. His best position is as a second striker with a strike partner, like he played in Atlas, like he played with Julio Furch. That's his best position where we've best seen him. So if you're... Jimmy Lozano, you got to figure out where he best fits your national team, your setup on the field, whether that's as, as a starter or coming off the bench. So, yes, this behooves the Mexican national team, Jimmy Lozano, and all involved to already have him in that setup and just be as seamless as possible when he could actually play. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm 100% cool with it. And what's interesting here is, like, I think there's some people down in Mexico who think this is something the Mexican national team could or couldn't do, and the future would be the same either way. The, the way the world is going and international soccer is going, if you are not, not just looking for, but almost aggressively recruiting dual national slash naturalizados, you're missing out. You are going to be at a competitive disadvantage, especially, Herc, in a region like CONCACAF where we see what the United States is doing. So from a competitive standpoint, this isn't something that Mexico can think about doing. It's something that Mexico has to do, specifically with the case of Quinones, but has to do even more aggressively moving forward, or they're just going to be kind of left behind. What's fascinating to me about the response to this is you expect some people to be old school about this, to say that they don't want players who weren't born in Mexico to represent the Mexican national team. I think who is saying these things and things like this is what surprises me. So we, of course, know the show Football Picante, right? Everybody who watches this show, who's ever watched ESPN Deportes, you've seen that show. There's a lot of, you know, characters on that show who make hot takes. Uh, Roberto Gomez Junco is not that guy. Is that fair, Herc? He's, he's uh, of all the guys on Football Picante, he is, to me, one of the most well-read, well-respected, knowledgeable people on that panel. And he comes out and says about Quinones, basically, he doesn't want to be Mexican. He just wants to play in a World Cup. And I thought, that it's so irresponsible to say that, clearly not having heard it from the player himself. And if that's the attitude of, again, somebody who I, I hold in pretty high esteem, who I think is, is one of the more well-educated people in the Mexican press and on the panel specifically at Football Picante, if he's saying that, then you know there is real resistance, not just in the press, but probably in the Mexican public as well, to something that El Tri have to do, just have to do her. So those are dinosaurs that you, this is dinosaur mentality that you're talking mm -hmm. about. And the mentality is that if you're a naturalizado, if you're a dual national, you have to be better than the Mexican-born players. That is irresponsible for many reasons. What you're saying when you say that is there are classes of Mexicans on your Mexican national team. That one could be more Mexican than the other. And that is a dangerous, dangerous road to go down on. It's a xenophobic road. It's a mindset that needs to change. But it's not the only country. And when you talk about globalization of the sport, if you don't start trying to fix your situation mm. and uncover and earth more Mexican players, you're going to get left behind. And in Julian Quinones' situation, this isn't a player who's using the Mexican national to play a World Cup. He's been here since he's been 17 years old, married to a Mexican uh, woman with Mexican kids. His formation as an adult is in Mexico. His formation as a player is pretty much Mexico. His career has all been Mexico. For, so for him to choose when there's an option of Colombia, and it would be so much better for his career if he went to Colombia, because as a Colombian attacker on a Colombian national team, you're playing in some of the best leagues, best teams in the world. That's not the case if you're a Mexican forward. So for that, it would have been better for him if he could have. But he's choosing Mexico because he wants. Julian Quinones, then invited to train with El Tri, still waiting on the uh, final paperwork to potentially be able to join the Mexican national team. Speaking of the Mexican national team, 
We have some very good news about Cesar Montes, who was in a kind of ugly situation with Espanyol. Thought he might be stuck there for good. He has been sold to Almeria. He's staying in the top flight of Spanish football for a reported fee of 15 million euros. Herky was also linked to PSV. Yeah, unfortunately, you can be linked a lot of places, and it's not about talent level, it's about the economics of the situation. And the money wasn't right for Espanol, it got ugly. And as he said so himself on his own social media, there were a couple months of uh, being um, just very frustrated. So I'm glad it worked out, and Almeria could be a very good place for him. Yeah, they need help. They've shipped three goals at least twice this season and in their last game. So Cesar Montes should be a quick fit. But a quick L3 run it back. Julian Araujo got the start yesterday for Las Palmas against Girona. And after getting beat, makes a nice play. Listen, he's got to play. He's got to play and he's doing well. And it's the same type of setup as he will have in Barcelona. Their coaches from that setup was in the Barcelona system for many, many years. They play the same style, very aggressive. So it's good to see him out there. Going to be a hell of a competition for that right back spot. For Mexico, Santiago Jimenez, a couple goals for Feyenoord as they won 5-1 over Utrecht. I mean, cuando la tienes, la tienes. Like, when you've got it right, you've got it right. Look at this. His strike partner misses the ball. He comes and heads it and ends up megging the goalkeeper off a header. Like, <laughs> he's just, he can't miss right now. Uh, the second goal, so the, the goalie certainly, I think, participates here. The second goal, Herc. Oh, yeah is an active participation of the goalie. Walk, walk me through this here. Yeah, MLS goalkeepers, am I right? Wait, what? <laughs> that, oh, I mean, he's gonna want that one back. By the way, these jerseys are sick, uh, if anybody wants to send one. Mm-hmm. Hey, ESPN Plus is the official home of the air it is, so I think we should be getting some kits sometime soon. Maybe a Chucky PSV for your boy. I would, uh, I would love that. All right, uh, why, why don't, before we get out of here, why don't you show us what you're wearing there, speaking of jerseys. There you go. Good people at Bayern. Um, out, Jocelyn, uh, thank you so much. That's Appreciate right, our this former one. colleague. Yes. They're uh, sending you some cool gear, Bayern Munich. Of course, Bundesliga available here on it Plus. It says Davies on the back. but Oh, wow. All right, Alfonso Davies, who's uh, jumped out to a great start to the season with a bunch of assists to Harry Kane. All right, we will be back on Thursday with a special interview with Orange County SC's general manager, Herc. They've been doing some big business with Europe. Okay, right. so very interesting interview there out of the USL. What do you got, Corporate Seb? What are you wearing? Hey, we got the ESPN polo. <laughs> and the I think this is the 2006 Laundry US Day. World Cup jacket. <laughs> He's Herc, I'm Seb, thanks for watching. We'll see you on Thursday. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.